Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello, hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast. My name is Marcus. I'm here in Berlin at the UCARE at Charité. And I'm a happy person. Why? Because Louis is back. And uh, I just talked to him a couple of days ago in San Antonio, Texas, where we met for the Quadruple AI conference. Very interesting. Louis, thank you for coming back and being on this episode with me. Hi, Marcus. Uh, it was very good to see you in San Antonio and all of our friends. It was a very nice meeting, very interesting, uh, especially the poster sessions and the oral abstract sessions where we could see a lot of uh, work about urticaria and angioedema. And that's exactly what we want to talk about today, an update and all the things, well, maybe most, not all, the exciting things that we heard about at this conference. Um, I remember that poster session. That was very good. Lots of people there. Um, Louis, what was your favorite? What, did, what impressed you most? Uh, actually, I liked a lot of them especially the ones uh, about new treatments for urticaria. Mm -hmm. I think those ones were the most uh, interesting and attractive. And I saw a lot of people following you in those <laughs> posters and asking questions. So tell me uh, a little bit about the posters that you presented and what kind of questions uh, did the people around you uh, ask? Yeah, it was fun. It was really good. And that's actually one of the things I've always liked about Korea. You come into this big hall and you have these uh, posters mounted and there's enough space so that you can have a discussion during those, what was it, two hours or, or 90 minutes? Uh, I really enjoy that. And uh, I, I did have more than one poster. It started with Dupilumab, which was very, very interesting because that is probably the next drug that will be licensed for chronic uh, spontaneous urticaria. And a lot of questions, of course, were focused on how are we going to use Dupilumab? When, what patients, uh, how will it differentiate from Omalizumab? Because to me, it is clearly um, uh, medication that uh, will benefit patients who do not respond to antihistamines. So we will see, uh, of course, where the guideline puts dupilumab, but I think it will be a second-line treatment like omalizumab. And many of the discussions that I had were around the question, well, how are we going to decide um, which patient will benefit more from omalizumab versus dupilumab? Very interesting questions that also should guide our research in the coming months uh, and years so that we can identify biomarkers, predictors, and maybe signatures, profiles of patients that point towards one or the other treatment. Uh, and then um, uh, on, the, on the second day, I remember the presentation uh, of Barzol Volimab, were you, were you there, Louis, at the Barzal Volumab presentation? Uh, no, 
Okay, then then let me briefly share with you what was on that poster. So, of course, you know Barzal Valimov, it's a muscle depleter and uh, was previously reported to work really well in chronic inducible urticaria. If you target kit, you deprive mast cells of SCF and you essentially starve them um, and they die. And then patients with mast cell-driven diseases no longer have signs and symptoms. And actually what, I, what emerged during Quad AI was uh, that is probably more than starving them, and we should rather think of choking them because it's a quick um, induction of apoptosis where we uh, uh, don't allow mast cells to survive. And this happens very quickly after we do that within a week. We already see a reduction in mast cell numbers. In any case, that wasn't what uh, was presented at Quadi. The big the big news at Quadi was that we now have data on multiple dosing of Barzol volume up, um, uh, three times or two times, depending on the um, on the dose that was used, and that we therefore are starting to get long-term treatment in chronic spontaneous urticaria. And it was very nice to see and to present that there is a clear dose response with a high rate of responders uh, and, a, and a large effect size. Know, disease activity going towards zero in many patients with the higher doses and at the same time maintain a nice safety and tolerability profile. So people were really interested in that uh, just as they were in Remibrutinib, which uh, uh, was very, very nice to present again. Uh, I, I feel privileged to be involved in that program as in uh, as as the others, but uh, remibrutinib something that's far advanced already. We're already in phase three, and data being shared on um, these long-term treatment outcomes uh, is fantastic to see that we are moving towards another, a new, a very effective oral treatment, and. Um, well, let's stop here because many more things were shared. Um, what, what other than my three posters uh, was exciting for you? Uh, well, I, I saw some uh, interesting posters. Well, actually, I presented one about the results of the phase three of legalizumab and uh, we see that there are many people that uh, are still interested in these results, yeah. especially uh, why it wasn't as we expected. Mm -hmm. uh, we expected the results like in phase two, but unfortunately in phase three, uh, Ligue was uh, the same as OMA in terms of efficacy. Right. So uh, they asked me a lot of questions about this. And what we're for because league league is done. Uh, so I think that uh, Remy Brutinib was also uh, a kind of, let's say, star in, in this meeting. Agreed. Uh, yeah. With many people interested. Uh, I saw that someone presented an oral, uh, someone did an oral presentation about the long term use of remibrutinib, mm -hmm. the extended phase of the study. Yeah. And maybe you can com comment because uh, this is really important for us to know, especially the, the safety of this drug in, in long term use. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was in that session because I had another presentation in, I think it was the late breaker session where I presented uh, the data on uh, avapretinib in indolent systemic muscle cytosis. Maybe we can also talk about that, but let me backtrack a little. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see that there is still continued interest in legalizumab and rightly so, because although it was stopped for chronic urticaria, it is still being explored and developed for for other indications, uh, including food allergy, which I'm very excited about because it's a good antibody. It just wasn't more effective than omalizumab. And you know what I hear these days are a lot of colleagues sharing, well, I don't understand because I have treated patients who failed omalizumab and they're talking about urticaria patients and they did respond to legalizumab. So, um, I don't know. No, it's a sad it's a sad end to this program. But once the antibody becomes available for food allergy or other diseases, maybe there is uh, an opportunity for a revival of exploring its use uh, in in chronic urticaria, because I, I think it is also an interesting question behind this discrepancy of results between the phase two and the phase three studies. Um, but clearly a very potent antibody. But you asked about remigrutinib, and indeed, if I remember correctly, these were 52-week uh, safety uh, results, and that's exactly what we need. Now, we know that the average duration of chronic urticaria, five to seven years, and many patients having much longer duration of disease, we will be uh, treating patients for years and years and years, and we need to know that the treatment was safe. And within a year, you know, you can expect that patients will have viral infections, you know, because uh, that, that's what happens when you treat patients for a year. So it is good to see that we have long-term data for remibrutinib now in chronic uh, urticaria. And I really would love to see what this drug can do in chronic inducible urticaria as well. I think it's a very promising treatment option, um, uh, especially because of how it works you know, on mast cells, on basophils, of course, but also on autoantibodies, disease-driving autoantibodies, as BTK inhibitors do. So very nice, very, very nice to see uh, two programs now move to, let's say, the final stretch before we can hopefully then use them in clinical practice. Good. And uh, go ahead, Marcus. Please. No, I, I, look, I don't want to uh, dominate, but I also was excited about new HAE data, hereditary angioedema being shared. And I know this is a urticaria podcast, but I also know that many urticaria treaters are also uh, taking care of patients with other forms of angioedema outside of urticaria, her hereditary angioedema. And, you know, we learned about Garadatsimab, we learned about uh, S. Uh, um, Favaris, uh, new compound for the for the on-demand treatment. Uh, it's just super exciting to see that uh, in some of my favorite diseases, we have such tremendous progress and promise uh, for the next generation treatments. Yes, uh, I think that's also interesting, especially because we see some patients uh, with hereditary angioedema. But I, I'd like also to highlight another uh, another point of this meeting. Uh, the, the meeting was full of uh, drug allergy uh, posters, oral abstract sessions, yeah. and symposiums. 
And some of the posters caught my attention, uh, especially those related to uh, acute urticaria and mm -hmm. angedema induced by non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Okay. Uh, th this is a very common cause of uh, urticaria and angedema, especially in Latin America countries, mm -hmm. Spain, Portugal, Italy. Uh, so it's nice to see that uh, people are still uh, doing some kind of research in terms of understanding the mechanisms, the profile of patients, and also solutions for these patients who uh, in general have uh, limited options to treat their uh, conditions. Uh, so it was really nice to see that acute urticaria was also uh, presented in, in this meeting. You know what, Luis? I, th I think acute urticaria is often underrepresented uh, at these meetings as if it isn't a problem, but it can be a problem and can be the start of chronic urticaria, of course. So I think more attention needs to focus on this. And it's funny that you say that um, for the non-steroidal antiphlogistics, because I also heard other discussions and presentations on mass-related G-protein coupling receptor X2, which is really emerging as a super promising target now. Now, of course, we knew before QuadiEye that this is a skin mast cell receptor that reacts to many ligands, but I saw so many new um, insights on how the different ligands bind to it and how we can possibly move forward with inhibiting this uh, this receptor. And I think the promise that an X2-targeted treatment holds for chronic urticaria, spontaneous and inducible, but also for many other diseases that are of interest. You know, think of prurigo and atopic dermatitis. That's really something. You know, and I'm quite excited about this. And I'd love to see a first um, first study come out to show uh, its relevance and, um, and and hopefully also its mechanism of action. Because I think I wonder if you agree, Louis, um, that uh, we can really move to this neurogenic inflammation aspect of chronic urticaria with this approach, where the neuropeptides that prime mast cells and activate mast cells and contribute to the, the, the lesions and the signs and symptoms where they can be antagonized in their action on X2, on mast cells by these novel treatments that are coming to clinical trials soon. It was, it was good to see so much discussion on this target. Yes, I totally agree. And it's, it's good to know that uh, there are many people uh, uh, doing this kind of research, and we still have a lot to know uh, about all of these mechanisms, and consequently, uh, we will have new treatments Agreed. Uh, to help our patients, right? Hey, Louis, I thought that one of the things that um, was also remarkable about this conference is actually how little um, urticaria and, and angioedema was represented, and that made me look forward to UCARE conference. And um, I, I really can't wait to have hundreds of people uh, again uh, in in a meeting that's focused on urticaria and focused on angioedema and uh, focused on the diseases uh, that we're working on. Um, t tell me a little bit about uh, where we stand today. So. Uh... 
in the end of this year, at the end of this year, in December, seven to nine, we will have the UCAR meeting uh, and preceptorship in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, it will be very interesting with part of the program dedicated to the UCARs and the other part to the general public. Uh, That's always something else. Like. Professionals. Yeah. That's actually always something I like a lot about the UK conference, that we have time as a network to discuss the strategy and the next projects, but also the results of the, the many very interesting projects that are ongoing. And of course, Level Up and For You and Cruise and Cure and uh, U-Day and all these many activities uh, centered on chronic ear. I can't wait, Louis, to, to come to Sao Paulo uh, for this meeting. And maybe, not maybe, let's do another episode let's let's do another episode after uk conference to share with listeners what was new what was presented there i know and this is different from what uh, it used to be like i know that now people are actually saving their best results to be presented first at global urticaria forum and uk conference so i i think that we will hear a lot of new things that are not now presented uh, at Quadi or at uh, EADV, uh, people will will really come out with some new and exciting stuff in Sao Paulo for the UK conference. So I'd like to invite you all to come to Sao Paulo. Uh, we are very excited to have all the UK members uh, with us and to see all the results of the UK projects uh, individual projects. So uh, it will be a very interesting scientific meeting yeah. and also also a good chance to to get together, uh, talk about other subjects and uh, visit this interesting city that is Sao Paulo. Uh, yesterday I saw, Marcos, that Sao Paulo was elected as the third or fourth best city in the world for uh, dining and also for cultural activities. And I, I really was surprised with this. That's great. Uh, position that we have, yeah. but it, it's, it's very nice. So oh. it's another, uh, another impo important point for our colleagues to consider uh, when deciding to come or not. So please come. You will uh, be very welcomed. Uh, you know that Brazilian people are uh, warm and open-hearted. So uh, every one of you will enjoy these days in Sao Paulo with us. Perfect. Well, thank you very, very much, Louis. I, I, I for one, am very much looking forward to it. I uh, remember the city. I remember uh, meetings in Sao Paulo. Um, very, very, very nice. So, people, um, join us uh, December 7 to 9 in Sao Paulo. More information on the UCARE website. And, of course, if you're interested in the UCARE activities, uh, that website also has a lot of information on UCARE Level Up, on UCARE for You, on our educational activities, and also on our projects. So go check it out, sign up for the newsletter that will keep you up to speed. And uh, when the time comes, 
register for the meeting. This is for UCARES, for centers who are thinking about becoming UCARES. This is for physicians. We also welcome patient advocates, uh, partners from industry and uh, academia. This is for all. And we are really looking forward to having you in Sao Paulo in December of this year. Louis, this is all the time we have for now. Thank you for um, debriefing on Quad AI, for sharing your interesting moments there. It was great to see you there. And uh, I really had fun at that meeting. Lots of new things are happening. So let's do it again after the UK conference in Sao Paulo. Sure. Thank you, Marcos. My pleasure. People, this is all the time we have today. Go check out our previous episodes of All Things Zerticaria and uh, look forward with me to the next episodes to come. Do recommend this to your colleagues and to those who you think could benefit from it. Until we hear each other again, stay safe, be well, bye-bye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding Urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.